Meet Yelp for Restaurants. Not the software company, but the people who love restaurants so much they formed a team dedicated to our industry. Before Catherine joined the customer success team, she managed the modern in New York. Yeah, that modern. Before Julia joined the team, she worked at Oshaval in Chicago for half a decade. Yelp is for restaurants because our people are restaurant people. Meet the new Yelp at restaurants.yelp.com forward slash podcast. Now here we go. A restaurant is just like a muscle or just like your body. You know, if you're training for a marathon or if you're training for a musical instrument, you can't just get to your peak state and say, okay, I'm going to stay that way the rest of my life. No. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators, served up on the house. Michael Mina is the best in the business. He's mastered excellence at scale. What's equally impressive is that he's done it alongside his partner, Patrick Yumel, for the last 20 years. Think about how much our industry has changed in the last 20 years. Today, the three of us reflect back on their decades-long partnership together and look forward to the next chapter of their relationship. Some of the things, you know, obviously in the restaurant industry, we get to have a lot of fun with creating restaurants and working and seeing the delight on people's faces and really organizing and throwing parties. But some of the most fulfilling things that we could ever do or that we do ever do is to be able to see people's careers grow and to be able to cultivate and help guide and steer people in the direction to pursue their dreams and to pursue their passions. And whether it's within our organization or outside of our organization, we have a lot of alumni that have gone on to open up their own restaurants, start their own businesses. And it's something that both Michael and I, it's what gets us up in the morning. It's what keeps us up at night. For me, it's a personal mantra of mine to help others grow both in character and in capacity. And as we were coming out of the other side of, I guess we're still in a pandemic, but as we were kind of slowly crawling out of 2020 and 2021, we saw an opportunity that would allow us to continue to do that in a way that was maybe a little bit grander on a bigger stage. And it's tough for chefs, especially to be able to grow and kind of stand out on their own when they're under the Michael Mina umbrella. Michael's always going to be talked about first. It's always going to be a Michael Mina restaurant. It's always about Michael Mina. And then there's the chef. And so we really wanted to create almost like an agency or so that we could take culinary talent and put them on a platform that we've built for the past 20 plus years, you know, of systems and procedures and of just kind of all the ins and outs of operating a restaurant, but really allow chefs to be on a platform where they can kind of stand and shine on their own, utilizing the engine that is Table One Hospitality or is Mina Group. And so we've been thinking about this. We've got a great relationship with the CEO of Highgate, Arash Arzabarzin, and he came to us and said, hey, we could use a lot of help in food and beverage hospitality, and we have a lot of opportunity for projects. Is this something that you guys would be interested in? And so it was kind of everything lined up, and it was almost kind of like that Reese's peanut butter moment, right? Peanut butter cup where it's chocolate and peanut butter, and it's like, well, we want to do this with the chefs, and we've got this opportunity of pipeline, and it all kind of just gelled. And so after talking about it and wrestling with it, 
that's how we came up with the idea to launch Table One. It's this idea of opportunity meets necessity, right? Like when people talk about the labor crisis, especially in light of the hospitality industry, I always think about this quote, which is when employees run out of future, they run out of the restaurant. And it's a really difficult proposition when you can only make it so far, right, within an organization. I wouldn't look at it like that. I think that's a little extreme of where we were with Mina Group. I mean, I think that we're looking at this much more in the light of Mina Group is very focused on, as we were growing the company, we started to see that there's directionally, we saw that there's a great opportunity to be able to have this separate entity that lets us partner with chefs and partner with people with a lot of talent and lets Mina Group stay focused on, we've already partnered with chefs in Mina Group and we have the six concepts that we're growing in Mina Group. And so there's an enormous amount of opportunity for people in both sides. It's not that there's a lack of opportunity in Mina Group for anybody or a lack in Table One, but Table One, gives us flexibility to do multiple concepts. And within Mina Group, what we're really focused on is it's a company that's been around for many years and we have some great core concepts that we want to expand, Bourbon Steak, Ornos, Pabu, and those are the brands we want to focus on in Mina Group. And so there's enormous opportunity on both sides. No one ever runs out of opportunity on the Mina Group side. And no one ever is going to run out of opportunity on the table one side. And I think that the big focus of being able to say, okay, we have this great partner in Highgate that has a big pipeline and they'll be looking for different concepts, things of that nature. Patrick and his team, that was the team that where we were expanding in Mina Group, I think we had 20 odd concepts as we move forward, that the creative side of that and everything else, you know, we really enjoyed doing that. To be able to have that team be able to still curate and create concepts, do consulting, do things that Mina Group doesn't do, and then let Mina Group really stay focused on building the concepts that have already been launched or really continue to grow out those concepts. And so it kind of gave us an ability to have a great platform for both. And really be able to continue to take the educational piece and the learning piece and be able to say, these are the tools that we use to career path. These are the tools that we use for learning, for education, and be able to use them throughout the, both sides and be able to say, there's tremendous opportunity on both sides. How does this next evolution change the dynamic between the two of you? makes it stronger. <laughs> Does it? You well, know what I mean? Practically day to day, is there a change in the overall dynamic or is it business as usual? Oh no, there's a massive change in the overall dynamic because this is Patrick's company to go run. He's the CEO. And so on a day-to-day basis where we are probably doing a lot more involvement in the individual restaurants together on the Mina Group side, that's not the case anymore. Patrick's got table one and he's running table one and he gets my input and involvement as he needs it, as opposed to probably a lot of the responsibilities that I have, obviously, within Mina Group. So it definitely gave us more bandwidth. I would also assume this has created an inflection point for the two of you, where you've probably had an opportunity over the last 
several months to look back on your career and your relationship after almost 30 years together. And I wanted to take this opportunity to have the two of you talk about each other without talking about each other directly. <laughs> and, and, and so I'm going to start with you. When you look at the best operators in the world, what qualities must they possess to reach the levels that you guys have reached? Relentlessness. And to be able to have, I would say, the humility to know that if you're not growing each day, if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. And a lot of things are cliche and you can say them, but you actually have to do them. And then you have to be able to say, okay, well, what does that really mean, right? So you have to look at it and say, okay, well, there's got to be a humility factor of being able to say that we're going to continue to educate ourselves and we're going to continue that process constantly and not be satisfied with saying we do it better than blah, blah, blah. It's not a matter of doing something better than blah, blah, blah. It's a matter of you continuing to say we can do it better. Each day we can do it better. And people that have that have a certain amount of tenacity and relentlessness. And that alone isn't going to do it because you can relentlessly run into a brick wall every single day, right? It's being able to then say, you know, it's fun to watch the industry and to watch how it evolves and be able to say, what are we learning? How are we educating ourselves? Whether it's travel, whether it's just going to other restaurants, whether it's what you're reading, what you're understanding, how people are taking in information themselves when it comes to your employees, because you got to look at it and say, it's not what it used to be in the sense of people are able to get information from many different sources and they want to learn faster. And we got to be able to help them do that as opposed to saying, no, you still got to work for a year in garment shade before you can move up. Those days are over for us. Might not be for everybody, but if you're going to have multiple restaurants and you want to be able to consistently grow the people that work for you, you've got to give them a really great platform to do that on. And to me, I think that's where it really takes leadership. Then being able to just get people to follow that path and be able to follow it long enough to where they can start to be empowered on their own. And I think that that's also one of the skills that I think it really takes is there's, you want people to be very hungry. You want people to be motivated, but you also want them to get the foundation first. And so they don't burn out in three or four years because Absolutely. they run out of, you know, they run out of tricks. Similar question to you, Patrick, great restaurants with great food close every day of the week. What are the essential qualities a chef must possess to reach the levels of success that you guys have attained? I think, and it's something I always say, it's easy to be great once. It's hard to maintain greatness and to stay great. And that's the difference. And I think first and foremost, to kind of piggyback on what Michael said, but it starts with people. You have to be relentless about chasing what you want to see manifest. Hope and pray isn't a strategy. You actually have to put hard work into things and you have to be resilient. You have to be tenacious. You have to be diligent and you have to work hard and you have to model that for your team. So you start with great people. You have to be very committed to their training and their development. And then you have to be very committed to holding yourself and the team accountable. And that's something that has to happen every single day, every single minute of every day. You can never relax. You can never sit back. A restaurant is just like a muscle. 
or just like your body, you know, if you're training for a marathon or if you're training for a musical instrument, you can't just get to your peak state and say, okay, I'm going to stay that way the rest of my life. No. In fact, actually atrophy sets in, right? And you start to deteriorate. Same thing in a restaurant. The moment you take your foot off the gas pedal of pressure is the moment that complacency happens. And then the restaurant starts to get a little wobbly and it goes from wobbly to shaky to shaky to something that's almost unsalvageable. And then it takes a lot more energy to bring it back to where it needs to go. And so that's all with you as a leader, whether it's a chef or a manager or anybody making sure that they're committed to what they want to achieve. And they're demonstrating and modeling that for their team and holding their team accountable. And then the next is, it's really about understanding people as well, understanding the guests that are coming into the restaurant and understanding what they're looking for and being obsessed with that and being obsessed with the feedback, being obsessed with how people are responding to things, to understanding what all the data points are telling you, whether it's your P mixes or sale mix reports, whether it's things that you're reading on Yelp, OpenTable, TripAdvisor, so on and so forth, but getting all the data and using it to make decisions. I, I think that chefs look at cooking and culinary a lot more art than science, but I think there's a lot of science that can help influence the art. And I think chefs that stay great, that can scale, you know, it's not easy to be able to have a high level of execution in restaurants in multiple restaurants, let alone restaurants across the country. And in order to be able to do that and achieve that, it's those two things. It's understanding the people that are coming in through the door and it's taking care of the people that are taking care of those people. Let's go even further back. I want to go back to 2000. Chef, right around the time that Patrick comes on the scene, you've got a super small restaurant group with a dozen staffers, a controller, a development team, operations managers. You had a jet engine in the body of a Fiat. And that's a risk. It's a strategic risk to build something so big when at the time you were so small. How confident were you back then that the foundation you laid was going to propel your growth instead of bankrupting the company? I mean, I think that there's obviously a few layers to that. And there's always risk and there's always some fear that you're going to have, but you want to make it calculated risk. Obviously, having Aqua and having ran that company first, starting in 91, that made it a lot easier to calculate the risk, to put an actual calculation onto the risk. And that made it a lot easier to understand the strategy because I look at it and I say, you know, you kind of have seen a few waves in my career of what has happened in the restaurant industry. I think that the first wave that I saw as I was coming up was this wave of great restaurateurs, whether it's a Drew Nieperon or a Danny Meyer or a Richard Melman or whomever that is. And it might've been a little more regionalized. And then a lot of chefs were working for those restaurateurs. Then the next wave started to be chefs starting to expand. And you started to see where the flaws were and where the potential pitfalls were. And I kind of fell into that wave and I was lucky in the sense that the second restaurant was at the Bellagio. And so I had Aqua San Francisco and then Aqua at the Bellagio in 97. And that wave, what I really saw about that wave and then was watching it and saying, okay, the Bellagio and the idea of a management contract 
is very different than the idea of a lease. And what I meant by that is in a lease, it's a freestanding restaurant and you go out and you lease the restaurant and you've got to get that right. Like you got to start by getting the lease right. Then you got to start by getting your everything from the electrician to the plumber to this to that. There's so many hats that you wear when you own a restaurant that I think people don't understand. And as a lot of times with chefs, that's a learning curve. And it was a tremendous learning curve for me just with a few restaurants. Prior to the pandemic, I could barely use my iPhone. I'm a restaurateur, not a tech guru. But over the last two years, we've seen that tech can play a vital role in helping us make more money and save money. And that tech can show up at some pretty unlikely places, like your kitchen sink. Dawn Professional is a detergent and degreaser that can help reduce your labor expense and your overhead on cleaning supplies through leveraging the latest technological innovation in cleaning products. Dawn Professional Multi-Service Heavy-Duty Degreaser is specifically formulated to cut grease two times faster versus the leading food service degreasers. While Dawn Professional Manual Pot and Pan Dish Detergent cleans 58% more pots and pans per sink, reducing sink changeover versus the leading competitor's professional dish soap. Save time and money by upgrading to Dawn Professional Manual Pot and Pan Dish Detergent and Dawn Professional Multi-Service Heavy-Duty Degreaser from PNG Professional. When we did the Bellagio, I saw that I really got to understand that to do a partnership deal with a hotel or a casino gives us the potential to really be able to focus on concept, creativity, design, then obviously to really focused in on what are your core systems that you have within your restaurant for execution on operations and how to operate. And there was some support mechanisms that you get from the hotel that really help enable you to stay focused on probably where more of our core competencies were. And then taking it one step further, I said, okay, well, to really make that work, we got to be committed to one lane or the other for at least a period of time if we want to expand. And so what we said is we're going to be committed to the partnerships. And honestly, I had worked at Four Seasons for a period of time while I was building Aqua and had got to see, you know, like Four Seasons is probably the ultimate management company, right? In how they built a brand and kept the quality and done it through management contract. So we committed to doing that. And so then it made it a little easier in the sense of what you're saying is our infrastructure, where we put our capital and where we built our business model was to say, okay, we're going to have somebody that can run finance. I get to start with a great person like Patrick that can run all of operations and can ultimately be the president of the company. And I get to have an individual that's going to run HR, an individual that's going to run marketing. And the biggest part of those positions were you kind of matched them up with the same positions in the hotels. And so that you could overface with the hotels a lot easier because you needed to have those relationships within the hotels to be able to achieve what you wanted to achieve in your restaurants. And it just gave you, you know, if you had HR, they can communicate with the HR folks better than having to use your general manager to do that. And I think that was really what helped us the most. And so that, that kind of de-risked to me a lot of what was there. Also had built 
really good relationships and I felt very good about our systems. It was a period of time in which you were seeing a shift where some of these hotel properties were, there was a change in how hotels were being viewed. There was companies like Kimpton and companies like even like Starwood doing W's and things like that. And they were going to more of these kind of hotels that had a vibe to them, had a certain energy to them. And those lended much better to restaurants than kind of what was looked at maybe in the 80s and maybe like early 90s of these dining rooms that were basically whisper joints in hotels. There started to become an energy about hotels where those locations became important locations. And then there was a big value add for the hotel to bring in a restaurant that brought life to the hotel. And so those were all the things that helped make the decision of why start with a infrastructure that was larger, because honestly, I'm a big believer that it's not me. It's not any one person. It's a team and you have to surround yourself by the right team. And then you're going to give yourself the best chance. And if you do that, I'd rather put the effort into going out and being able to find or create or get the right opportunities, but being able to do that by saying, we have a really exceptional team to do this if you give us the chance. In speaking to vision, Patrick, the foundation of the engine that runs this empire is this critical path method, which totally makes sense, but I hadn't heard a lot about it prior to doing research for this interview. Can you talk to me about what that is in theory and lay out what it looks like in practical application? Well, what it is in theory is, I mean, it's actually in practicality as well. It's just everything that needs to be done in order to open a restaurant and give the team the best chance for success right out of the gates. And both Michael and I are firm believers in how you start something and how you set it up is the way it's going to continue. And for us, we believe that that factor more so than anything else is going to contribute to the success or the detriment of the restaurant. And we know when we can be very committed to an opening and very committed to a restaurant and the team is working their heart out for the next three, six, nine months, that that will pay dividends for the next three, six, nine, 15 years. And so the critical path is what we've created with our critical path is essentially a tool that holds every single department accountable from human resources to recruiting, to marketing, to public relations, to operations, beverage, culinary, finance, construction, the whole kit and caboodle has a very detailed list of what needs to be accomplished per discipline by a certain time for that restaurant to be able to open successfully. What we don't want to have happen. So let's pause that for a second and talk about the opposite, right? And the opposite is, okay, a lot of times people will go into opening a restaurant and maybe it's the owner or the investor that they hire a GM and a chef and they have an idea and then they just say, okay, now open it. But they don't give them any tools or anything to figure out how to open a restaurant. So a general manager who's ultimately responsible for service and what happens between the opening the hours of service and between the four walls of the restaurant is worried about setting up the liquor license and he's worried about or she's worried about turning on the utilities and making sure that they're meeting with the contractors and et cetera, et cetera. And the chef's worried about setting up vendors and paying vendors and getting AP set up and all that type of stuff. And it causes a huge and massive distraction. So you can't focus on 
obsessing over the details of a restaurant, making sure that you're training the team properly and you're giving them every tool that they need to succeed, making sure that every single day you're having a very detailed meeting, specifically talking about the restaurant, right? And the food and the service and the guests and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when you can't focus on what you need to focus on, you start becoming caught in the thin of th- uh, the thick of thin things, right? And you're running around trying to put out fires. And guess what? The biggest thing that you need to be focused on is being neglected. And some people can get lucky and that will just take care of itself. And the food and service will happen. And that will happen one in a hundred thousand times, one in a thousand times. But for us, again, we've got a very meticulous way at Mina Group, open restaurants better than I would venture to say better than anybody else in the world. We set the stage, we set the example for what we believe the restaurant's future should be. Way back in the day, in 2000, 2001, 2002, every cook learned how to season because Michael was there showing them how to season and making sure that he was helping them set up their visa plots and watching over their stations and so on and so forth. You know, and every busboy knew how to set a table because I showed them how to set a table. And I can tell you in 2020 or 2021, sure, I wasn't maybe helping the busboy set up tables for 12 weeks straight. But Michael was there in the kitchen, reviewing, walking through mise en place, reviewing station setup, making sure that we were talking about theory, et cetera, et cetera. And he was setting the example, not just for the cooks, but also for the corporate team. And when you see that your leader is doing that, I mean, that makes you want to engage and follow in those footsteps. And so that's, I think, the critical path. And then... Again, you can't just have something and say, okay, people have treadmills and Pelotons and squat racks in their garage, but if you don't use it, you're not going to stay fit, right? And so for us, it's not just having a critical path and having this playbook that we know works and we know has to be executed. It's also having relentless discipline about following the playbook and making sure that you're executing in order to give yourself the best chance for success because it's hard to open restaurants. It's not just hard to open restaurants, it's even harder to keep them open. And again, we feel that the critical path and everything around it and everything about it is what has allowed us to be able to grow to 40 plus restaurants across the country. You know, when we enter a market, we don't want to just open a restaurant and be content with it operating in the market. We want to be best in class in that marketplace. When we went to Nashville, we wanted to be one of the best restaurants in Nashville. And so I think that to be able to do that repeatedly across the country, it's really about the formula and then sticking to it. Your partnership has lasted longer than most Los Angeles marriages. (laughs) I'm like 90% certain that's a fact. (laughs) And the industry has changed a lot over the last 20 years. I mean, especially over the last five years. And I'm sure you've both evolved personally over that time as well. What's the secret to a successful partnership? How did you guys make it last so many years? I would say there's many things, but it starts with love. In all honesty, Patrick is a person that if we weren't working together, doesn't matter. We're going to be in each other's lives forever. And so you have that. We obviously have a really good chemistry of how you work together. And it evolves over years, like you said, because not every day is going to be perfect and you're not going to agree on everything, right? And so if you don't have a certain foundation of trust in each other, that whether we make a mistake or not, we're going to make mistakes because we push the envelope. If we're going to push the envelope, you're going to make mistakes. So you got to have each other's backs. And that's usually 
starts with, I think that one of the things people get caught up in is, can you work with your friends? Can you do these things? Well, we kind of created a family and I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, honestly, like if you don't enjoy coming to work and you're going to come to work and walk on eggshells and not be able to push the boundaries, you're probably not going to be together forever and you're not going to have a good working relationship. And this evolution for us is a great evolution because Patrick 100% deserves to have his own company right now and to, to be able to take all of his skills because he has so many of them and have this opportunity with a really great platform. But we still get to be connected in the way that we get to be connected. It is, like you said earlier, it's very different from both of us being in Mina Group every day and, and everything else. But that doesn't mean that our personal relationship changes at all. Patrick? Yeah, I mean, I'll add to that, that one, you have to have a lot of fun. If you're not having fun doing what you're doing, and if you're not having fun with each other, then it's, you can be miserable. And I think over the past 20 years, we've always had fun. We've always had fun. And to follow up with what Michael said, people in our organization, our people in the meaning organization are, people always start off as associates, right? And you're a colleague, you're an associate, and then you go through a couple months together, you have a couple bad services together or whatever it is, you start to become team members, right? And within the restaurants and within the corporation, you start working together and you're a team and you can rely on each other. And then that builds into family. And I would say that our team feels very much like family, whether it's food servers that work in the restaurants, you know, at Strip Steak Las Vegas or at Bardo, or it's our COOs or wine directors, everybody feels like family. And I think that we've got an enormous amount of love and an enormous amount of respect for each other. And so that's an environment that Michael and I created. And I think we created it because that's the relationship that we had and that we have. And I think that we probably see the world 90% the same. And that is always great where I can, I know I speak Michael and I understand exactly how he's going to respond to something, how he's going to react to something, what he's going to think about. I'm always trying to kind of be ahead of that and help with the teams and with the restaurants. And then that other 10% is, you know, where the kind of, obviously you need challenge and you need a little friction in order for things to grow. And that's where that 10% comes in. But one, I care about Michael tremendously and not just respect and love him, but also Obviously, he's a great friend, but also a brother in arms, a brother that I can always count on, always rely on, look up to, and not just Michael, but his entire family. They're very close to my family and very close to me. It's brick by brick by brick by brick. It's not just one thing, but it's just continually brick building that those layers and layers of foundation that make a great partnership and make a great relationship strong. This is an industry podcast, and at the end of every episode, I'd like to give the guests an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. There are tens of thousands of independent restaurant owners and operators listening today. Do you guys have advice, words of encouragement you'd like to share with the audience directly? I mean, I think our industry is, again, this might sound a little cliche, it is a marathon. It's not a race, it's a marathon. And it's become so dynamic, the different avenues that you can go into, like I think you and me were talking before, you know, about you have clubs and then you have restaurants and then you turn a restaurant into a fast casual restaurant. And there's so many different avenues that you can take. And I think that part of that is the positive and the negative. 
of it because you have to be able to look at it and say, it's a marathon. I got to stay as focused as I possibly can. I got to gain the knowledge I need to gain to be able to make it through this leg of the marathon. And then I've got to gain more knowledge to make it through the next leg of the marathon. Then I got to gain more knowledge to make it through the next leg of the marathon. And just realize that there's a balancing act to that, because if you're not gaining the knowledge or surrounding yourself by the knowledge, a lot of times people think that they've got to gain all the knowledge. And that's just frankly not true. And it's not the best way to, in my opinion, it's not the best way to build a really enjoyable restaurant company, because then everything is on you, as opposed to surrounding yourself by really good knowledge. And I think that if you kind of look at it and try not to let yourself get overwhelmed, take bite-sized pieces for lack of a better term, gain, surround yourself with knowledge, take that knowledge, move forward and continue to do that. You're going to have your ups and your downs and you got to realize that that's going to just happen because it's a really hard business because it's physical, it's mental, it's emotional. You use all of your senses and the burnout factor is high in our industry. And I think a lot of times it's because you're trying to take it all on at the same time. And frankly, you have to do a little bit, learn a little more, do a little bit more and look at it as a staircase and just keep going up it. Patrick? I have two topics or two items. One is I talk about this a lot when we're training managers and leaders and mentoring is that as a owner, a restaurant owner, or as a chef, or as a general manager, or any leader, you really need to understand that you are a role model. One, everybody's watching, no matter what you think they're watching, and they're going to copy your behavior, good or bad. If you set a bad example, and if you're a tyrant in the kitchen, then that behavior is going to be handed down to your team. But I always think about the opposite way, where I want to model such exceptional behavior. I want to be so good that everybody wants to emulate me. And you think about when I was growing up, kids across the world were on basketball courts, going to the hoop with their tongue hanging out because Michael Jordan did. And right now, kids are all over the world shooting threes like Steph Curry because he shoots them exceptionally well. And so as a leader, you need to model amazing behavior so you can get your team to want to emulate you and want to be like Mike, right? The second thing is before you take care of others, you have to take care of yourself first. And you got to make sure that you have a practice, a personal practice that you are reinvesting in your mental well-being, your physical well-being, your spiritual well-being, whether that be a morning ritual or morning practice. And so I look at it as putting on armor, right? I'm putting on my armor each day in order to go out and be the best me I can be. And I think for leaders, they have to really take a serious and strong practice with reinvesting into themselves. And that will manifest 10 times while you're serving others. That's Michael Mina and Patrick Gumel. For more on the Mina Group, go to michaelmina.net. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.